Did you hear about the contest to win a ton of cow manure? To the victor, go the soils. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. You know, someone listening to this for the first time would uh, think, who is that nut? I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical provider who gives me street cred, the wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is a show for people who never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, or if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766. I almost gave out my cell phone number. 347-766-4323. That's 347 Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at drscottwm. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take anything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on the show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, respiratory therapist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, Newly minted nurse practitioner, aka Kim Chickens, or whatever. Very good. All right. Don't, uh, we're still live with stuff.drsteve.com for now. I, I don't yeah. know how for much longer because I sent them a response and then they sent me another one that says, Thanks for your response, but we need this, 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 and this. And I still don't understand what in the hell they're asking me. So I, I took a bunch of screenshots and put it on a Google Drive and then gave them the link, and hopefully that's enough. If not, we'll figure something else out. But uh, go check out stuff.drsteve.com um, for all of your Amazon needs. It does help to keep us on the air, and we really do appreciate it. And I appreciate Amazon. You know, we hell, we've been an affiliate of theirs for decade, you know, a decade time. and a half. Now. Oh yeah. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I haven't changed anything. So I just. Um, I, they're kind of hurting my feelings a little bit, but I want people to keep using it because mm. you know it's a, you know it's Amazon. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be affiliated with them? Nobody right. In the right mind. Yeah. No, I love hell, I buy everything there. So. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. Are you? How's the CBD laced nasal spray going? Like. Like wildfire for for real, yeah, yeah, good, good, yeah, good. People in it, and I love it too. So yeah, people seem to enjoy it. Oh, I, I, need, I need to bring you some. I know I yeah. gave yours away. Yeah, or gave the one away 
Who'd I give that to? Mel B? Nope. Who'd I give it to? P.A. Lydia. P.A. Lydia? Lydia? Yeah, okay, yeah, well, yeah. she deserved it. So, uh, yeah, if you could bring me some, that would be great. I would love to try it. We'll do. We'll do. And good uh, for you. Check us out. Our Patreon listen. I I know I've plugged it before. You want to do the Patreon. We had Robert Kelly on. I'm not sure if that one is hit yet. Um, and what we're doing is this sort of reverse thing where I don't interview them. They ask me medical questions. I, it's so stupid. I call it the exam room. But uh, there's a mystery guest that was supposed to be on last week, and he bailed on us. And uh, he was revealed during the Robert Kelly one, and then, then he'll be on the one after that. Mm-hmm. So those come out every 10 days. And then I throw up some old classic content and stuff you cannot get anywhere else, including uh, some pictures that I'm not going to put on the regular internet. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I may take some pictures of the original script and, and some other things like that. We've got some memorabilia around here that's kind of cool, old school stuff. And then uh, old shows that you can't get, including Sirius XM. Some seri- I, I got to be careful. I can't just throw up whole Sirius XM shows, but I can throw up some excerpts. Um, as long as I attribute it. So anyway, so yeah, go to patreon.com slash weird medicine. It's relatively inexpensive and it really, that's going to help a lot, particularly now that Tacey has gotten retired against her will <laughs> from her job. Whoops. Whoops. And then um, check out my favorite new thing, chef.drsteve.com. You got to spell the whole thing out or just go to the website. It's on there. The link is there. It's uh, you, get, you can get $130 off your first order with the best, absolutely the best meal prep kit on earth that I've found so far. Unless Blue Apron becomes a sponsor again, then, you know, I don't know. But uh, but I'm just kidding. It's Green Chef. It's Green Chef is awesome. Everything's organic, but it's not organic. It's just organic because <laughs> it's good, you know? Right. And everything is the the quality of the vegetables that come. I've had problems with some of these before where the green beans were kind of looked old or freezing, freezer Frozen. burned or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Stuff looks like it came right out of the garden except it's washed. And uh, it's great. So anyway, check out chef.drsteve.com. $130 off your first order. If you're keto, you can get that. If you're gluten-free, you can get that. You can basically get whatever you want. Hmm. And uh, Dr. Scott, they have pescatarian oh, cool. options for yeah. you maniacs that pescatarian eats that eat no. fish and get high mercury levels. Have you ever gotten your mercury levels checked with all that fish that you eat? No, yeah. probably should. I'm sure there's a lot of shit I need checked. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, I need to get my ass checked. I haven't had a. I think my doctor last time forgot oh 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 here we go oh here we go perfect timing tacy you're on weird medicine hello hey um you're on you're, you're on the air oh don't hang up don't hang up oh god damn it okay we'll be right back jesus good stuff I told you the story about how I lost a, a chance with the hottest woman that worked at uh, WXYC at uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, tonight. Yep. Tell it again, though. It's a good story. Is it a good story? It's, it's a good not. Story. It's good, good for you and not one good for me. 
But I was talking painful, like that. Painful, yep. I was, can, and you could, your mic is painful, like, painful, painful. I was um, talking like that, except worse. I was, I was talking up a record, and mm-hmm. we were an FF station. I'm like, and uh, it's WXYC Chapel Hill, like that. And and she just was sitting behind me, and for no reason, she wasn't there for any reason, right? And she was so ridiculously hot. <sighs> And it turns out later that she, I found out that she liked me. That's why she was standing in there or sitting in there listening to me. And she just went, why do you hype your voice like that? Mm. And what she was really trying to do is be helpful. She said, you have such a, a beautiful voice. Yeah. She's trying to be complimentary. But all I heard, I'm like Rich Voss. Voss will do a show and there'll be a hundred reviews. They're all positive except for one. And that's the one he focuses on. Oh, yeah. Tacey's same way. She's not here to defend herself, but she knows I'm right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, her boss will say, you're great on this, 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 and this, and this. There's just, you know, we could tweak this or that. And that's all she hears is, oh, wait, I'm not perfect. Yep. We have to tweak things. Mm. What the hell does he mean? Tweak things. Well, anyway. Yeah. We'll talk about that on the Patreon show when she's here. But um, so, so uh, anyway, so that's that was me. And I just heard that and I went, well, that's what I've been trained to do. <laughs> and I just got real indignant. And then I just sort of ignored her and she walked out. And that was the la- that was the end of that. Oh, man. And then so somebody was like, you know, she likes you, you know, and uh, she d- and I was like, what? Oh, yeah. So, and, and but it was too late. I was. I had already. You know, if you show your ass that early on, you're played the cards you're, early. You're effed. <laughs> and I, God, I remember in high. Okay, high school. There's no high school kids listening to this, but I was in high school, and there was this girl in my class. Jane Mulhook was her name. Okay. And she was twin, fraternal twins. Her brother, I can't remember his name, but I remember her, and she's. You know, fiery redhead, gorgeous. Okay. And my friends all knew that she was writing my name in in her on her books. You know, like you do when you're in seventh and eighth grade, sure. and you write somebody's name on your books and stuff. They all knew it. Mm-hmm. Not one of those assholes told me because I would have been so. Well, of course, I would have been. Now I would have acted crazy because I had no game. I learned how to do magic just so I could meet women in like bars and stuff. That's awesome. And well, I had to have something because I had zero game. I would have just been, uh, 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 you know, falling all over your all over your radio voice. Yeah. I am too smart. I am too smart. That's, you know, I I didn't have the radio voice back then. I was, you know, I was just coming in, so I was. <laughs> Come through puberty. Hello, Mr. Douglas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that's cool. Only, only a few people are old enough to get that reference, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't even get that one. You don't. Mm-hmm. What's it's from, it from? Uh, Green Acres. Oh, it's Mr. Haney. Okay, got you, Mr. Haney. Right. Well, there. Hell, yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> hello, Mr. Douglas. Yep, yep, yep. Know. I got it now. Yeah. That is funny. All right. That's funny. Good stuff. Well, uh, yeah, so anyway, so Jane Mulhook, if you're out there, I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. Yeah. But my Um, friends could have had my back on that one. But they were so repressed, they didn't know what to do either. No, especially at that age, it's a tough, it is a pretty tough thing, isn't it? Yeah, and there was another one. Navigating those waters. In ninth grade that I found out liked me after. Yeah. 
And I acted like an asshole in front of her, too. Oh. Yeah, you should have. You need to coach. You need the. Uh, well, the just be coach. nice to. I mean, just be gracious. That's the thing. But uh, <laughs> my friend had a um, um, a party, and they had water balloons. And so this this girl at the time, I guess we were in the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds weird to call her a woman because you know we were all underage. But yeah. anyway, this girl who I also liked, mm-hmm. I thought she was awesome. She chased me around with this water balloon, chased me to almost into another neighborhood. And we were alone together. And then I just went, I just kind of stopped running. And then she went, oh, like that. And then we just walked back. And I walked, I think I walked 10 feet in front of her the whole way back. Oh, what a fucking idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, my God. Well, that's because you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, well, there you go. So what are you going to do? That's hilarious. Good times. But I was so... I was so I, I was just shy and repressed, and I was self-conscious. That mm-hmm. was the thing. I just heard my voice and when I talked, Didn't and like I it. just hated it. Yeah. And um, I just cringed whenever I opened my mouth. And that's what, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I learned magic, because then at least I could break the ice. Once I could break the ice and get the conversation going, it was fine. Oh yeah, sure. Well, and I think that's why it was so nice for you to pick up your your magic tricks. Because then that breaks ice pretty well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I love it. Yeah, okay. How old were you when you started doing the magic? Uh, I did my first live show in the seventh grade for the seventh grade talent show. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now, that's not the kind of magic that gets you any girls. No. What does is close-up magic. Mm -hmm. And um, you can't – the worst thing – okay, Somerset Mom wrote in one of his books, and I'm just quoting, he asked me if I liked – card tricks i said no he did five and what he was doing was very quickly sketching out how obnoxious this person was so you can't do you know those shitty ones where look at where the queens are do to do to do you know you need to learn magic that looks like real magic and there are there are things like that yeah there are effects out there that you can learn to do that look like real magic I have one called Card Warp that's very easy to learn, and it looks like sorcery when you do it. And anybody can learn it. And you can just get on a magic catalog and buy one. That sounds fun. Um, there's another one that I I can't tell the secret of. Uh-oh. But it, it, it's one where you read the person's mind and they read yours. Okay. And it actually works. Hmm. Huh. Like they they read your mind and say, "Is uh, I I predict that you have picked the six of clubs," and then you turn it over and that's what it is. Hmm. Okay, it's um, and and that sort of making that connection, and then they're like, "How the hell did you do that?" And then there's, you know, that opens up conversation. So if somebody has got no game like I did, and you want to learn that trick, email me. We did this once before about ten years ago, mm-hmm. when people emailed me, and I I'll I'll hook you up with where you can buy it. I can't reveal the secret, but I I can teach the secret to somebody. Yeah. Did you, did you start the video feed? Yeah, I just the sound, yeah, the sound is the sound is good. It's the Yeah, okay, there we go. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for reminding me whoever that was. Okay. Yeah. Sean, um thank you, Sean. Sean's a Sean's a good note. 
All right. Um, you've got some stories, and yeah, I've got a couple. couple. Yeah, we've got a couple. Yeah. We've got some good news. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about the the guy who had the um, the pig heart. Yep, yep. Transplant. Yes. Well, the great news is Mr. Bennett, um, 57-year-old Steeler, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh-huh. Well, it's, which is, which it's is fine. School. I don't know. <laughs> um, he is, he's doing really, really well. He's really? Extremely well. Still yeah. alive. Still alive and doing well. He was, I think they said he's five weeks out. With no anti rejection nope. drugs? Are you, showing, no, are you sure about that? He's showing, he's, no, I didn't know. I'm not sure about that, but okay, I'm saying well, that they say yeah. the heart is doing well. Um, the cardiologist trying to find any fault, but so far they've not been able to find any fault. Yeah. And um, the they've heart bred is these contracting to, vigorously as it should be. They bred these pigs things. not to have certain um, uh immune identifying proteins and glycoproteins on their surface so that the body wouldn't reject them as readily. I just didn't know if they had to take any rejection drugs anyway. If they're completely washed of antigens, that would be cool. But I bet these, they still have to take something. One would think. Which There's would, nothing in there about that? No, I'm, I'm, I, I've, read, I've read it twice, but I don't see anything saying specifically uh, if they do or do not, but yes, they, they were talking about just having the gene editing, editing uh, for the pig's hearts to make it more viable. Okay, so if you Google pig heart transplant anti-rejection drug, here's the answer. It says, uh, surgeons announced that they performed the first transplant of a pig heart to a human. I can't believe that was the first time that ever been done. I guess maybe first successful one. I'll say uh, the first one reported, yes, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Right. Um, Okay, they did 10 genetic changes in the pigs, a novel immunosuppressant given to the recipients. So they are on on an anti-rejection drug, but it's a new one. Oh, and a cocaine lace solution used to incubate the heart. Excellent. Oh, cool. I like that. That's good stuff. I like any... uh, (laughs) Um, clinical use of cocaine. I've told you that story on this show of us doing cocaine and uh, accidentally. Well, it wasn't accidentally. We were doing a procedure on each other. We were learning how to do mm-hmm. flexible uh, um, endoscopy on the nose, and uh, flexible. It was flexible laryngoscopy, so you stick it through the nose, and we'd have to use these cotton pledgets, which are just strips of cotton. Mm-hmm. Laced in this blue solution, which is cocaine, and we would—that's t- right. Well, yeah. Th- yeah, right. It was methyl algoconide or <laughs> methyl algoconine, and we didn't know that meant cocaine. <laughs> and uh, so we, we're just saturating these p- cotton pledgets and shoving them in each other's noses, and then that would open up the airways, and then you could stick this thing in there and also numb it up at the same time. Wow. And uh, the, what we didn't realize, you were only supposed to do it once. But the process was saturate the cotton pledge, put it in, and then do the thing. So every time that we, I would do my friend Ty, and I'd put the cotton pledgets in and do it, and then he'd do it on me. And it's like, okay, let's do it again. I'd put the cotton pledgets in again with new solution. Okay. By, the t- by the time we were done, we were high as a kite. Oh, I'll bet. Didn't have any idea why... Rounds was so much fun. Oh wow! That afternoon, we just had a blast on rounds. And then I, once I realized what had happened, I understood why people love that drug. Oh gosh, yeah. It's As a matter of fact, there was a guy in our lab that was conspiring to break in to the lab to to steal the blue solution. And we were like, dude, if you do that, that's the end of your career. Yeah, that's it forever. And he was still considering it. He decided not to do it. Oh good, good. But it was. Um, 
after one dose, this person was almost ready to throw their career away or at least put it in jeopardy just so they could get more of it. So that's, uh, you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. It's a hell of a drug. It sure is. So. Golly. All right. Unbelievable. All right. What else you got? Well, and, and kind of along that same line, we won't get into the weeds on this, but but it, there's speaking of the transplant thing, a, a so a um, an ex vivo enzymatic treatment that converts blood type A donors into oh, universal blood. Donors. I saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to talk about that? Which is which is pretty incredible because that's kind of going on what you're talking about with the pig heart is is these. Um, these scientists, researchers, were were actually um, adjusting some of the uh, enzymes, and only two enzymes in this case for the for the lungs, but were able to make the um, the blood type universal so that you can have because one of the problems with the just lung, basically stripping out the O antigen somehow. Yeah, and, and, without and, messing the without messing the blood up. without messing the blood up, right? So that it makes it makes people. Um, potentially able to get um, a much much more broad yeah. um, selection that of would lungs. be for emergency use right. listen right. the thing right. is is if you were type A we want to give you type A blood we don't want to give you type right. O blood but in an emergency you could if you had to so uh, how are, how do they say they're doing that they just take it so there's someone with type A blood is donating it. Yep. They put it through this process and it comes out the other end of being type O. Somehow they convert yeah, they, somehow. They, they, well, there we I, go. I, listen, I, I just I just opened up not too long ago. My, my show prep. <laughs> is this one? I, of the ones? I didn't want to work overtime it's okay. this week. No, that's fine. I, is um, this one of the ones that I sent to you? It is. Yes. It is. Okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, this okay, in Nature Microbiology, new paper presents a viable way to convert type A blood into O using, as you said, enzymes. Mm-hmm. Two enzymes, two. Which right, is kind from of the gut bacterium, oh boy, Flanova Fractor Plautii. Ooh, <laughs> that may be a new band name. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Flanovi Fractor. <laughs> That's not a bad one. I like it's a it. little hard to say. It's kind of difficult. Uh, no harder to say than corundbin, though. So <laughs> when these enzymes are added to type A blood, the molecules on its surface that define it as type A become unattached, turning it into type O. Now, what do they do? They have to wash out those uh, molecules, though. But that's very clever. That's super good for great. them. That's yeah, super cool. Good for them. Oh, I love stuff like this. Yeah, it just goes to show you that we're just getting closer and closer to finding some some new treatments for maybe some things that have been really problematic. Yeah, we got to get we need to get to Star Trek at some point. There you go. Where we've conquered poverty, co- conquered racism, conquered viruses except for, you know, for you know, the uh, the virus from Forelia 3 or whatever. <laughs> causes them uh, some damn <laughs> disease. That's the thing that cracks me up, is they've conquered everything, but they're still, it's like Imzadi still has some terminal illness on Picard that's caused by somebody. You, you all can't figure that out? <laughs> Just teleport it out of Teleport them. it out. That's, um, it's not that, it's not Larry that Niven wrote a thing where, where they... Um, had this thing called dicta immun- or immortality, and what it was was they would put their hands on these two sort of electrode-looking things, and it would teleport out all of the toxins and stuff out of your body. Mm-hmm. And then people, you know, like me with gray hair, their hair would start to turn brown again, and all this stuff, and they would live way longer 
than uh, you know the normal lifespan. That's cool. And uh, there's no reason why, you know, if we're going to do teleportation, that's kind of stuff you want to do. Mm. You want to be able to do, uh, f- do like Scotty did to um, uh, Chekhov when he fell off of that bridge in the the uh, journey home, where he's like, "Oh no, he's got an intracerebral bleed," and they were going to take him to the hospital. He's like. You know these bloody bar- barbarians, and he just took that little device and passed it over Chekhov's head and repaired the arterial bleed in his brain. We need to be able to do that kind of stuff. That would be kind of fun. That would be kind oh, of fun. Anyway, all right. <laughs> That's idiotic, but That's still crazy. Be. I mean, uh, truly though, the medicine that we practice now would seem like magic to someone from the 1700s. So uh, Arthur Clark, well, I'm thro- throwing out the quotes today. Arthur Clark said that any uh, sufficiently advanced technology would appear as magic to us. Mm-hmm. So hmm. that's why Thor from, uh, you know, the Thor movies, they're not really gods. They just come from a dimension where their science is so advanced it seems like magic to us. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Go F yourself. Peacemaker was awesome. awesome. Oh, Greatest sure. show ever made I'm sure was Peacemaker. Was, I'm sure it was kept. It was so great. It was, <laughs> it was so great. Okay, I've got one for you, and then we'll get to phone calls. Cool. Um, uh, so this is from Al. It says, good afternoon, Dr. Steve. This is Al. I unofficially feel challenged about the ICD-10 codes. I don't know why. I think his were the best anyway. He wins. He says, I have to win this non-war of attrition, although PA Car- or DNP Carissa had some good ones. Here, here is two more I think should help me win my own game. Okay, okay, he will be winning the grammar game, but yeah, I think he's going to win on this one. These are great, so okay. you get excused for that. And that's just my journalism degree kicking in. V90, oh, so for people who aren't aware of what I'm talking about, these are codes that we can use to label diagnoses uh, when we're billing um, billing uh, uh, insurance companies. So like the old ICD-9 code for diabetes was like 250 250 and then you could add on point other things to mean out of control or poorly controlled or well controlled that kind of stuff so now we have these icd-10 codes these are new and most of us don't have them memorized like we did the old ones yet but here's one here's a good one v91.07 xa i don't know what why it has that suffix on it this is <laughs> so idiotic. Burn due to water skis on fire, comma, initial encounter. <laughs> now, how many times does that have to happen that you have to create a damn code? I swear I think the people at the ICD-10 place just get bored and they start creating codes for no reason. Who's... Wh- <laughs> Burn due to water skis. On fire. On fire. Comma, initial encounter, which implies that there's a subsequent encounter and a sequilla encounter, because they usually have all three. Hmm. I'm just kind of trying to figure out how these... Well, obviously, there was a gas leak, Yeah. and it caught the... On a boat. Caught, right, on from the boat, boat and, and then somebody fire. flicked a cigarette out there, and it caught the, the wake on fire, and this person is skiing... And now, you know, instead of just letting go of the handle. Because you see the fire coming towards you. Yeah. Yeah, dropping off. Yeah. I guess they were afraid that if they did, they would be 
you know, they would be surrounded by fire, which I guess is a concern, so especially if they didn't know what was going on. So now the fire is in front of them and behind them. So now you don't want to get get out. But what you can do if you're on water skis is get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. You go to the you side. Swing out. You swing out to swing the side. Swing out to the side and then let go. Good Lord. <laughs> but this That's poor beautiful. person uh, got these burns and then they created this code. We have to learn. You know, remember um, a couple of weeks ago, we had the code, um, uh, you know, cut caught in a jet engine subsequent encounter right. we wondered how there would ever be a subsequent encounter and then chess pain rob told us about that case of that person that got sucked into a jet engine and they survived oh jeez! how is it that they just make these codes because i see stuff all the time that there's no codes for i can't just make them up yep now i wonder if you i wonder if you have one if you submit it i guess for reimbursement or something oh yeah, maybe really I don't know. I wonder. Can you look that up? Yeah, guess, How to yeah. submit an ICD-10 code? And let's submit a few. Sure. Because we'll do uh, ears bleeding from listening to uh, Myrtle Manus <laughs> on the <laughs> Dr. Steve show. Well, well, that'd be a good one if you, if you could do it. All right. Uh, here's a good one. It says, in the medical industry recognizes family is a hazardous situation. Z63.1. Problems in relationship with in-laws. Oh. <laughs> well. We're Missing contains mature contents that uh, may be offended to some listeners. Let me write <laughs> <laughs> What did they wrong then? You know, your old house is like a nub. Yeah, that's so <laughs> that's my mother-in-law, Big Joe. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> All right. Um, I love it. Never any problems with her. No. Nothing. Nothing at all. Oh, That's funny. She got COVID, and she was house-sitting for us, and my wife said, never again. Never no. again. It's, I don't begrudge her having COVID. Right. She sits with people in the hospital. That's her job. Mm-hmm. So you knew she was going to get it because she's not properly washing her hands and coming in out of the room, and they're probably just coughing on her anyway. So there wasn't any way that she could maybe even have prevented it, even if she did have good hygiene. But sure. um, she, I just remember her calling me and just coughing and coughing. I could hear it echoing. You know, I could tell what room she was in. She was in the kitchen. I could just tell from the echo, just coughing all over everything, every, every oh. surface in the place. And then calling me up two days later, now, Steve, I'm having chest pain. It's like, well, Joanne, if you're having chest pain, you need to go to the emergency room, Mm -hmm. COVID or not. Well, Steve, I always have chest pain. You know that. And she's getting mad at me. It's like, well, then why'd you bring it up? (laughs) Maniac. She's a nut. Coughing everywhere. Yeah, she's a nut. When she left, this was before vaccines, before any legit treatments. We, we were kind of freaking out, and so I had uh, somebody come into my house with a hazmat suit and clean every surface before I said, go home. You are no longer house-sitting. That is hilarious. And they had them house or clean every surface, and then Lady Diagnosis was kind enough to finish out her tenure. And oh, uh, Big Joe. She's Big a, Joe. She's a hoot now. <laughs> well, I always have chest pain. You know that. <laughs> I love it. Ugh. I love it, love it. All right. Uh, Here's another one. W58, 
.21XA. Struck by a turtle. There you go. Hmm. Not bit by a turtle. That one I could see. I had a friend of mine try to pick up. We were in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. There was a big old, what we thought was a box turtle Hmm. in the middle of the road. And he went to pick it up. And the thing kind of hiked up on all four feet. And we were like, why is that box turtle acting like that? And pew, when things spun around, it was a snapping turtle. I was going to say, yeah, that's no They can move really effing fast when they want to. And he just about lost a finger on that one. I'll bet. So. I was just thinking, if you're struck by a turtle, does that mean somebody's picked one up and hit you with it? Or, or whacked you, you in the head with it? Or they somehow hit it, it, it flew up. If we're on a boat going really fast. Uh, that could be one. <laughs> yeah, it flew up and hit you. Or they hit it with a car and somehow, instead of squishing it, you know, they did like the TV. Well, it's because you got to hit the windshield and then. It's because you got your brother and your cousins in the back of your truck and you hit the thing with your truck and it flips up and. That's it. That's what it is. When they're running down the country road, I, that's got to be what Or they're it is. throwing turtles. They're throwing them at uh, stop signs <laughs> as they go real fast, like my friend did, and almost died. He wasn't throwing turtles; he was throwing uh, beer cans. Or beer something. cans. Yeah. And listen, if you're going to do that, don't hillbillies. throw. Don't, yes. Don't throw glass. This guy was from the football team, and we were we were, um, uh, you know, long hair hippies, and I think we ended up in the same detention or something. We had done something, and he thought we were cool, and we were like, "Damn, this guy, you know, the the uh, st- you know running back, thinks we're cool." So we went out with him, and we, what he wanted to do was for one of the guys to drive his pickup truck as fast as he could through backwoods roads in Louisiana, while he threw full beer cans at mailboxes and stop signs. So that's what he want. That's what he wanted to do. So he's standing in the back, whipping. Which number one, why it's a waste of good beer. Mm-hmm. But number two, it's dumb as shit because he threw one <laughs> at a stop sign and it, it ricocheted and hit him right in the chest. Oh, we thought he was dead. No, that's terrible. Yeah, he was like, oh, oh <laughs> so, hey, so I, we stopped doing that and drank the beers and that we had more fun. But we didn't ha- we didn't hang out with him anymore. He realized we weren't any fun. Hey, I think Sean may be onto something. Okay, what happens that? if you if you're on flaming water skis and you hit a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a, that'd be a terrible. That'd be a you terrible. You can use there. more than one coat. You can use more than one coat. That's yeah. right. So Followed would, by whatever the coat is for really bad And then your luck. in-laws are yelling at you, you dumb ass. <laughs> so then you could use that one as well. So you could use didn't all you three. See, didn't you say that turtle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you blind? Oh, are you blind? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my word. All right. All right. How about some questions? All right. Sounds good. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Let's do it. Don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right, thank you, Ronnie B. I could not disagree more. I mean, could not agree more. I, I, I agree, I agree. Always agree with Ronnie B. All right, let's see here. Calling for my wife. Okay. She's on an insulin pump. She's on an insulin and, pump. And um, <clears throat> she's also doing keto. Okay. And sometimes at night, she has uh, lows, like serious lows, where the meter reads, it doesn't even give her a number, it just reads low. Okay. So anyway, below 46, apparently, she just said. But anyway, um, she wants to know what are some things that she can 
take or have or eat or drink that will um, allow her sugar to go up, but not cause her to get out of ketosis. Yeah, I got it. Um, she's been drinking like 20 to 25 carbs worth of uh, Coca-Cola, and um, you know she's afraid that it's keeping her in. Yeah, out of ketosis. Keeping her out of ketosis or keeping her very minimal ketosis. Yeah. Um, any feedback that you have? Also, wait. Also, she has another question. She okay. wants to know. She keeps her um her Dexcom that reads her blood sugar in her gut, and she wants to know. Sometimes there's a big difference between the gut reading and the reading she does on the finger. She wants to know if the the gut reading is uh, mm. because it's closer to where your body is making that insulin. So you're going to have a lower blood sugar no, I, in your okay, gut. That's an excellent question. Extremity because it's further away and the blood has to pump that far. Like her pump will say 47, and the, uh, when the blood stick will say like 120 or 130. Oh, God, that's right. a huge difference. Uh, thank you. Bye. Okay, yeah, thank you. So then uh, he called back before we answered these questions. Hi, Dr. Steve. My wife is upset that I used the word her gut. And she'd rather I use the word her fat stomach. <laughs> there you go. Dude, well, then, then now she calls. Let me see. Oh, no. Hi, Dr. Steve. I'm sorry. My husband's a douche. <laughs> so, a nice trilogy. He's laughing. That sounds like they have a good old time. That's so. cool. Um, her fat. Her fat. <laughs> I love it. And she was laughing. Oh, and then, my God. Anyway. That's hilarious. So these are some excellent questions. The, the second question about <laughs> the disparities between the um, gut reading and the finger stick. I think the finger stick's always going to be more accurate. And um, I would look at the placement, and I would also talk to the whoever is selling her that device because something ain't right Right. it really should be about the same everywhere Mm -hmm. unless you are uh, using old capillary blood at the surface of the skin compared to good venous blood in the finger Mm -hmm. and uh, in which case uh, that blood that you're that's reading low the cells have already started to use up the sugar in there Mm mm-hmm so hmm. it's it's less central, and I don't know how how big she is. He was being an asshole, so I don't know. But if it's it, it's less central than taking it from a, the finger stick, so that would be my guess. That's just a guess. We'll do some research on that. I love it. Now the other one is a whole nother uh, ball of uh, of wax. So let's talk a little bit about ketogenic diets and insulin dependent diabetics. Now she is. Um, having hypoglycemia and if it's symptomatic hypoglycemia she's going to have to take something Mm -hmm. in other words symptomatic if she's having symptoms from her low blood sugar she's got to take something that will get her blood sugar back and that's going to almost always be something with glucose in it right so um, uh, that you're going to it's going to be hard to get out of but you're going to still be in ketosis uh, very quickly because it's just the you know the insulin's going to be you you know, it'll you know it'll balance out then you'll be back where you Pretty were quickly, before right. now my question is we need to prevent these hypoglycemic episodes and first we need to confirm that they really are hypoglycemic episodes because she's got a, an abdomen reading I'm going to say abdomen yeah. 
because she was offended by gut, and I'm not <laughs> using the second thing he said. No. So her abdomen reading is much lower than her finger stick reading. Mm-hmm. And if she's not symptomatic, the finger stick reading is probably the correct one. So we need to confirm that she's actually having hypoglycemia episodes. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are a couple of things that they can do, but it's without getting too deep in the weeds. Can I tell them real quick some hypoglycemic signs and symptoms, though? Absolutely. Please do. Well, just like you'll see people get pale. Yes. Sometimes they'll get a little confused. Yes. Sometimes they'll break out in little sweats. Yes. We call that diaphoresis. Diaphoresis. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And... so the, all of those are signs and symptoms of, uh, yep. of or some of the signs and symptoms of hypoglycemia. Exactly yeah. right. So, uh, uh, but if it's asymptomatic, if she's not having symptoms with it, right. and her finger stick says 127, I'm going to say bullshit on the abdominal reading for now. Right on. And that one is the one that's suspect. But if it is true hypoglycemia, prevention is the way to go. If she's doing a low-carb diet... She may not need as much insulin as she had before. The reason right. that you need insulin, and I'm assume I'm going to assume she's type two diabetic. Okay, so she's the type of diabetic that has poor insulin sensitivity. Uh, uh, you know, she produces tons of insulin, mm-hmm. but the body doesn't understand it. So you're using the insulin pump to kind of overwhelm it. Right. Uh, even if she's a type one, but I'm gonna, let's just say that she's type two. Um, if she is on a ketogenic diet, she may have regained some insulin sensitivity because that is one of the benefits of that diet in people who are diabetic, particularly type two. Mm-hmm. And if she has, she may not need as much insulin. She's got to talk to her um, um, endocrinologist about this. Mm-hmm. I'm having all these hypoglycemic episodes because what they're going to do is turn the pump down. Right. But we need to know that that's right. And one way to to, like I said, there's some tests that they can do. They could just do a hemoglobin A1C and see what her hemoglobin A1C is, but that would just give you an average over three months. It won't tell you if you had a low blood sugar last night. Mm-hmm. So they may give her uh, some ambulatory monitoring stuff. There's some other things that they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could do a challenge test, give her you know, 50 to 200 grams of glucose and then just see what happens. If her blood sugar drops, then they know that's what it is. Right. There's a lot of stuff like that they can do. And I don't want um, someone on an insulin pump doing a ketogenic diet anyway unless they've talked it over with their endocrinologist. I'll tell you why. If you come into the hospital and you're on a ketogenic diet and your blood sugar's elevated and they check your urine and they see ketones in there, they're going to admit you immediately thinking that you have diabetic ketoacidosis, even though you're probably not acidotic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so diabetic, so they're diabetic. Keto, they've got ketone bodies in their urine. It's a product of fat metabolism. Mm -hmm. And when you have fat metabolism, usually in a skinny um, uh, type 1 diabetic, they uh, it, it's because they can't metabolize sugar anymore because they have no insulin. Mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm. But keto, acidosis, you're going to be acidotic. In other words, your blood pH is going to be markedly less than 7.4. Right. Now, a lot of doctors are not good at this. Mm-hmm. Okay, They've forgotten the fundamentals. So I had a doctor call me once in the emergency room. I have a kid over here. And uh, she's seven years old, and she's in early diabetic ketoacidosis. I was like, wow, what, early Mm -hmm. DKA? Usually when kids are, um, 
you know, convert to type 1 diabetes, they don't come in an early DKA. They come in in full-blown full blown, yeah. full yeah. DKA. They're sicker than hell. Yeah. And um, they need emergency treatment right then. You know, you get an insulin drip going. You do this and that. There's a lot of blood work you got to do. You got to monitor them every hour, et cetera. So he said, that, yeah, this kid's in early DKA. And I said, well, that's interesting. What, you know, I'm not sure what that is. What's the kid's um, blood? Or she, He said, yeah, she's been vomiting all day, and she's got ketones in her urine. I said, what's her blood sugar? Mm-hmm. And he said, 89. I said, are you out of your fucking mind? (laughs) In my head, I said that. I didn't say that, damn. (laughs) How can you have diabetic ketoacidosis with a low blood sugar? Yeah, that makes sense. No, No. that makes sense. It's idiotic. And then he said, and her pH is 7.5. I'm like, where's the acidosis? Yeah, that's not acid. That's that's alkalotic. So what was happening was she had a... She's a seven-year-old kid, very little body fat, sure. couldn't eat for the last 18 hours because they had a viral gastroenteritis. Mm-hmm. She was having diarrhea and throwing up, so she was alkalotic, maybe hyperventilating a little bit, but alkalotic because she had been pooping out, you know, acidotic, you know, watery stool. Yeah. And she's dehydrated. And she's dehydrated, and she's not eating, so she's producing ketone bodies because she's metabolizing fat to keep energy going. Yep. And probably at that age, she didn't have a whole lot of reserves. No. Yeah. So, Thank goodness he called you. That's a... Or that person. Yeah, he's like, you have to admit her. And it's like, I'm not admitting her. He's like, well, I I will report you. I said, okay, you know what? I'll just come in. I'll take care of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went in, and I told the mom give her some Gatorade yep. and go home and call me if she's not any better. Yep, yep. Mm. And I can tell this you. story about without worrying about HIPAA because it was thir- 30 years ago and this happened a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. So there's no... It's not isolated germ. Health, you know, health information that's identifiable because it happened so often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, so the, the, the point of that story is if you are a diabetic and you go in and your blood sugar is elevated and you have ketones they are going to admit you immediately right. before they even check your blood gas and realize that you're not acidotic okay. and they will call you DKA. So you got to be careful and you got to be aware of that. So if you do go to the hospital, you say something. Okay. Kim Chickens will, Kim Chickens will, will ver- vouch for me on this one. She'll hook you up. All right. But get, uh, talk to your endocrinologist uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Whoa. What happened? I don't know. Okay, now we're good. Talk to your endocrinologist and uh, about the hypoglycemia and uh, get that sensor checked because I don't I don't buy it. Okay? Yep. All right. Dr. Stephen Crew, hope you're all doing well. Doing great, man. Thanks. Super great. great. I'm doing well, too. Oh, I'm excellent. That's hey, I'm on a cholesterol atorvastatin, 40 milligrams. Okay, atorvastatin, but that, we know what you My blood work shows everything else is good, liver enzymes, kidney, all that, sugar. I'm 62 years old and really, I would say, good health, the only medication I take. It says to take it by mouth at bedtime. Yes. There's but I read the warning instructions said not to take it if you've had three or more alcoholic drinks. Yes. And something about grapefruit. Yes. 
but there's very few nights I don't have less than three or more drinks. So why do I have to take it at bedtime? Okay. And would it help the impact on my liver if I didn't take it at bedtime but took it during the day? Love the show. Hey, thanks, man. Um, so the answer is yes, it would, but then that statin wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. The statins are HMG-CoA reductase inhibitors. And HMG-CoA reductase is an enzyme that helps to make cholesterol, kind of. And is if you inhibit it, you will lower your blood cholesterol and you will decrease plaques in your heart. And you can actually uh, regress plaques in the heart. That's been demonstrated. Statins will, and Scott's already chomping at the champing at the bit on this one. Um, but let me give the the allopathic side of it, and then you can talk about mm-hmm. the bullshit quackery side. Uh, I'm sorry, I mean the you know traditional. I, I'm just kidding, the Doctor Scott side. Anyway, um, they and they have been shown to decrease heart attack and stroke in people who are at risk. Um, you have to treat about 90 people, though, to prevent one heart attack. So the the benefit to the individual is low, but it ain't zero, and it's worth it if you're at risk of having a heart attack or stroke to take your statin as prescribed. Now, the problem is is that HMG-CoA only works, it only does its thing when you're not eating. Mm-hmm. And so the only time of day that Americans aren't eating is when they're sleeping. Yep. So that's you have to take it at bedtime or it won't work. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Uh, the other thing about grapefruit juice is, um, and, and this is, and we'll get to the alcohol part too, is that uh, atorvastatin is metabolized by the hepatic enzyme cytochrome P3A4. Now, simvastatin is a lot um, more vulnerable to this than atorvastatin is. But if you uh, take another drug that inhibits cytochrome uh, P3A4, uh, it can it vastly increase the dose of the medication. And when you do that, you're going to increase the risk of having adverse effects like Dr. Scott's getting ready to mm. bitch about sure. in a second. So uh, one of those would be um, uh, erythromycin is a drug that could do that. Uh, fluvastatin, um, sorry, uh, sorry, no, fluvastatin is is okay. Um, I was thinking of um, ketoconazole is one, if I remember correctly. But also, weirdly, grapefruit juice. Mm-hmm. So if you're on a statin, don't drink grapefruit juice. You can have all the orange juice you want, right? But go easy on the grapefruit juice because it can do that. Now, the alcohol thing is because these this enzyme is a hepatic enzyme. And so you don't want to be straining your liver, liver at, with two drugs at the same time. So that's why they say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the three drinks, I'm not 100% sure I know where that number comes from, if that's one they pulled out of their ass or if there's actual science that says two is okay, but four is bad, whatever. Mm. All right. So go ahead. <laughs> I know you're waiting. Dr. Scott, I was so statins. good. I was no, so you were very good. good. I was you very, let me, and you I let me say my piece. And I'll I let you say it. your piece. I'll say my piece. <clears throat> I will say there there is a time and a place for all of those medications. Absolutely. Okay. Well. Yep. All right. Um, I agree with that. Yep. Um, uh, and I also don't think they should just be prescribed right. for no reason. And, and you know, we talked a, a couple a couple uh, weeks ago about the uh, statins on the show. 
about how some new research has shown that taking them once a week is, yes. is equal to. And that may be a, uh, something for him to consider, too. And my doctor did that. Yep, yep. yep. And I still want to take it every day, even though it causes me myopathy. myopathy. But that's because I'm weird. Yep. I've got to get to where I'm okay taking it once a week. Well, and you, and you should because the research research says it's 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 okay for you to do it, Doctor Steve. So you you can do it, and and other research for you know, primary prevention. For, Is that what it was for primary? Let me look prevention. it up while you're talking. And 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 remember uh, uh, the other alternative is is donating blood, which has been shown to help lower serum cholesterol. But I would suggest he keeps. Mm drinking his three beers a day because it sounds like he's in pretty good shape keeps his blood thin keeps him happy what i'm concerned for you here's the thing i can get my blood cholesterol down by mm-hmm. donating blood what i want to know is does it prevent heart attack and stroke now i know that blood donation has some beneficial effects in that mm-hmm. regard i don't know what the magnitude is i'd have to look that up here this one says once weekly low dose resuvastatin is an effective, or Suvastatin is uh, Crestor, right, is an effective and well-tolerated lipid-lowering therapy option for patients not at LDL goal, which is me, and previously unable to tolerate statins because of a history of myalgias. That's great. They got their LDL down. I want to know, is it still prevent heart attack and stroke, though? That's the part Mm -hmm. of the study they didn't do. They just showed that you get the same LDL reduction. Mm -hmm. And we've already demonstrated on this show it's not just about LDL reduction because you can reduce LDL with another drug called Zetia to the same extent, but you don't get the same uh, magnitude of prevention of heart attack and stroke. Right. So it's obviously the HMG-CoA reductase inhibitors are doing more than just reducing LDL. Maybe it's total body inflammation. Who, Could the, be. Hell, who the hell? Well, well, Dr. Stephen, and, and, and yeah. what you're saying right there is true. And I've and I've and I've agreed with you from the beginning. Yes. This. They have shown that that um, a statin drug right after a heart attack or right after a cabbage is very beneficial for the inflammation in the coronary arteries. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, with, I'm on yeah, board with that. Interesting. Yeah, hundred percent on that. Yeah. So I think, so and it could be, and it could be, Doctor Steve. You know, in, in Chinese medicine, liver does affect inflammation, mm-hmm. um, and so lowering that might help a little bit. That's that's why I believe in you know two or three beers a night, as long as they're you know sure twenty four ounce beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If right. you if, if you know who asked me how many beers I've had tonight, I, I tell her in, in full confidence, eh, you know, two. Yeah, they were just right, but they're two, two right. 24 ounces. You're talking about you know who <laughs> that calls you when she's in Florida and asks you what you're doing and how ma- how many beers did you have tonight? Uh, like right. that? That's right. Yeah, two. And we better be nice. She may be listening today. That's okay. <laughs> well, I love her. No, I don't know. I'm just um, <clears throat> the big Joe, my mother-in-law will say, "Oh, I don't know why I don't lose weight. I just eat once a day, once a day." Once. She'll say, yep. and um, and it's true. She's true. She's not lying. I've watched her. I've gone on vacation with her. She does just eat once a day, and it starts at 7 in the morning, and it goes until she goes to bed at, like, midnight. She's just constantly eating, just <laughs> always shoving something in her face. Yep. And yep. then wondering why she doesn't lose weight. One day she came to me and said, now, Steve, I'm on a new diet. And I was like, wow, what is it? She said, I just eat jelly beans all day long. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. Okay, well, now you're malnourished. Now, you will eventually lose weight, but yes. I wouldn't recommend it. That's all right. great. All right. Um, okay, oh, let's do this one. And then next week we've got one from Tucker Carlson okay. about fame corrupting doctors, and that's why I've chosen not to be famous. Mm-hmm. That's the, At least that's what I tell myself. Mm-hmm. But we'll do that one next week. Hey, Dr. Steve and Dr. Scott, hey, hey. whoever else is there. How you guys doing? Good, man. How so, are you? Uh, 
Okay, so I'm on testosterone replacement therapy. Excellent. And like I a guess. lot of guys who are doing it, I also take HCG. I'm sure you'll explain to everybody what that is. Why? For. And uh, my clinic just hmm. informed me that uh, it's just been banned by the FDA yes. for hmm. no good friggin' reason. Okay. So no more HCG unless the pharmacies want to jump through hoops, which apparently costs a lot of money per batch and it's not worth it. So they're all just dropping it now. And now we have to go on a thing called maybe, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's supposedly not nearly as good. What? Uh, as a replacement for HCG. Can you uh, talk about this and the, the alternatives and why the hell did the FDA do this? Because there seems to be no good reason, according to my doctor. All right. Thank you. Take care. Hmm. Okay. 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 Jesus, we need more time. Yeah, as a sound kind of, Maybe we should save this for next time for sure. Um, That's a pretty deep question. Okay. So what they're putting him, they're going to put him on Clomid. So HCG is human chorionic gonadotropin, and it is produced in pregnancy. It does stimulate the Leydig cells in the testicles to produce testosterone in people who have hypogonadotropic hypogonadism, and that's people without associated primary testicular disease. So it is um, not something you should just be giving to every person with with low testosterone, and that's why. And then, uh, you know, I thought he was going to ask about HCG and diet, and, the, um, you know, they were using these HCG diets and putting people on 600 calories a day mm-hmm. and then giving them a shot of HCG and then charging them all this stuff. Well, at the mm-hmm. time, that vial of HCG cost about a dollar, so people were making 10000 uh, percent profit mm-hmm. on this stuff, and it did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So if if he wants to um, email us back about his testosterone, and if, if I know a little bit more about it, mm-hmm. I could answer that in his specific situation. Yeah. Dig a little deeper. So hypogonadotropic hypogonadism due to congenital defects or people who have permanent um, acquired, in other words, they got it later, structural defects should be treated with testosterone replacement therapy uh, unless the patient desires fertility and then you can do some other things. Um, You know, um, long-term testosterone replacement doesn't impair future fertility. You can still get pregnant, but you you, you may have to come off of it. You may require more time for initiation uh, of, of sperm function. We call that spermatogenesis. Once you take the person off of that and put them on Clomid or Clomiphene citrate, which is what we use in men with low testosterone that want to re- maintain some fertility. Right. Um, so, But if they desire fertility, replacement can be achieved also by using beta-HCG. Okay, instead of the clomiphene, and it's it's a lot cheaper. So it stimulates those Leydig cells to produce testosterone in that form of uh, hypogonadotropic hypogonadism, and people that don't have associated primary testicular disease. So, um, and then you know you can adjust it to get the effect that you want. Just giving it a, a, along with it, I don't see the benefit of that. Are you seeing anything on that? Mm. No, not at all. Yeah, so um, I'm confused by this. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on this one and see what's going on out there. 
it sounds to me like that it's an add-on therapy so that people can uh, maybe charge a little bit more. There may be a legit reason for it, but I'm getting my information right now from Expert Opinions in Pharmacotherapy, which is not some shit journal, and it's called an update on my male hypogonadism therapy by uh, Surampudi and Swerdlov, so also not two slouches in this field. So, all right. Got any? Okay, so you had something from the uh, chat room. What do you got? Yeah, so we had a question about um, rabies. Rabies? Yeah, pretty tough question. What? So, so. You, you mean the hydrophobia? <laughs> <laughs> so talk like a hick to you. She's got a... Uh, oh, <laughs> so I used the right voice. Yes, though. you did. We uh, got that hydrophobia, don't you the know? hydrophobia. Yeah, yeah. Got a, a child with a science project. Okay. And, uh, oh, okay. And, yeah, and looking into um, to um, rabies, and her question was, how many people have survived rabies? Okay. So did you just Google that for so, her? Well, I I did, and what I found out was that it's, it's cons- not very many. <laughs> it's considered to be like the most deadly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Of, of all those of all those diseases, if left so, untreated. So what we want to do is give you odds of surviving rabies, yeah, which is almost. Zero. Yeah, as of 2016, only 14 people survived rabies infection after after showing symptoms. Mm-hmm. Rabies caused 59,000 deaths worldwide per year, about 40% of which are in children under the age of 15. Well, that sucks. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put that in the chat room. She can just cut and paste that. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy, I don't I don't know how old this kid is. Do they need a citation? If they need a citation, I can get it for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's here we go. Here's one. Uh, this is an early, uh, more recent one. Survival in human rabies, but left against medical advice, and death followed. Ugh. Ugh, community education is the need of the hour. So, what this is is um, human survival after developing rabies is very what. Okay, this is, whoever wrote this does not speak English, and this is Journal of Family Medicine Primary Care. I don't know what that journal is, Mm -hmm. but this is very poorly edited, Um, and being the editor-in-chief of a national medical journal and having a journalism degree, this kind of stuff drives me crazy. Let me read this first sentence for you. So I'm already a little suspect, but it might get you the information that you need. Anyway, human survival after developing rabies is very scary to humanity. (laughs) What? What? That's terrible. (laughs) All right. Oh, my goodness. We report a case of a 50-year-old woman from Uttar Pradesh, okay, northern India, who presented with five days. Listen, I'm not making fun of... Some uh, Hindi Hindi speaking person writing. I'm just making fun of whoever edited this because mm. it's it's printed in English. Who presented with five days of fever and one days of altered sensorium associated with agitation, hydrophobia, hydrophobia, and bedwetting after 20 days of WHO category three bite in the face by oh by a rabid dog. No. Oh yeah. She had taken three doses of anti-rabies vaccinations, but not immunoglobulin of post-exposure prophylaxis. Another 
bad sentence as well, but we understood what they meant. Mm-hmm. Laboratory investigation showed a rising titer of virus neutralizing antibodies. That's bad. So what that means, if you're producing antibodies, it means you're producing them to something. And that means that the something is still there in both serum and cerebrospinal fluid. So this person had a, you know, a bunch of uh, lumbar punctures as well. Uh, we treated the patient according to the modified Milwaukee protocol. The patient remained to survive and had recovery trend during hospital days, stays of 15 days before relatives took her. Okay, okay, another, another sentence. Before relatives took her, left against medical advice. Mm-hmm. Not a sentence. No. As we know, rapies has approximately 100% mortality rate, but by using aggressive treatment approach like the Milwaukee protocol, patient may survive. Rabies can be effectively prevented by using adequate post-exposure pro- vaccine prophylaxis and rabies immunoglobulin. So what that is, is it's basically convalescent serum. You're taking um, uh, serum that has, well, we all understand this now. In yep. the age of COVID, monoclonal antibody therapy. That's basically the, the early monoclonal antibody therapy. After after bite of a rabid animal, our report, along with other published reports, should give more motivation to clinicians and education of the public to have an intensive treatment approach and patients, respectively, to make rabies survival. Okay. Don't know what they were saying there. But um, so what happened was this person uh, was treated aggressively and then apparently they they left but they didn't tell the rest of the story it's in the title but it doesn't they don't tell it in the article that after they the family took the patient home they died Ugh. so rabies is nothing to be no. dicked around with if you think you were bitten by a rabid animal and you can't isolate the animal so that they can test it because if they test it and it doesn't have it you don't have to do yeah, anything right. Um, then you need to present to your primary care and say, listen, I think I was bit by a rabid animal. Let them get you going on vaccine prophylaxis. Yeah, before you start becoming symptomatic. If you get to the point where you have hydrophobia, as Myrtle would say, uh, it's it's really late in the game. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Rabies. I I get where they're coming from. I have some friends from India. And uh, there's still, I don't know how many cases of rabies they have in, the, in that country and some in the country, you know, countryside mm-hmm. uh, in India. But I know she's um, probably 20 years younger than I am. She's terrified of dogs mm-hmm. because to her, dogs are monsters that carry rabies. Wow. You know, so uh, and I understand that. And I, I had a um, one of my teachers was a. Um, uh, was a missionary in India, and this is by, back in the 50s. This is when nobody had had vaccines. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, one of his friends, was carrying a dog in a like a burlap sack because they picked it up. It was threatening some people, and it bit him through the burlap. And that person didn't pay attention to it and ended up getting rabies and dying. Oh shoot! And then I remember when I was a kid before we had rabies vaccines for dogs and or for people them showing these public service announcements on TV that scared the shit out of me. Oh, I've yeah, talked about it on this show before. Yeah. Black and white, this guy coming down the stairs, and the screen starts flashing. He starts foaming at the mouth. It was like watching a zombie movie. I'm four years old. Scared the shit out of me. Insane. Gave me nightmares. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I still I have that image burned into my brain. Yeah. 
you know. It's hard to get rid of. Rabies is scary. Don't dick around with it. Don't if you don't try to capture a bat with your hands. No. If it's in your house, there are ways that you can get it out of there. But if you agitate that thing, the saliva, if it sl- starts slinging saliva around, you can get it from that too. So it's better to get an expert. Just get the damn thing out of your mm-hmm. house. Get you a big fishing net. Yeah, well, I've done that. Or a baseball glove. I, I'm not 100% sure that, let me see, how to get a bat out of your house. <laughs> because um, I think that there are some ways that are more dangerous than others. Oh, yes. A shotgun, bad idea. Yeah, no, that's bad. Here's from erieinsurance.com, so they ought to know. Quickly place a plastic container, a cardboard box over the bat, then slide cardboard. I would do that with a tarantula. Uh, or thick paper, not thick paper, cardboard, under the box, and then release the bat outside. Get it near a tree so it can climb. They can't take flight from the ground. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I did they not know that. They have to jump. Well, they're or mammals. Fall. They have to yeah. fall. Yeah. Like they sell it. They're mammals, so they can't just take off from the ground. I did not know that. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. It's just those. their wings are just basically arm, you know, armpit membranes. Yeah. Isn't that something? Loose skin flapping around. All right. Popular science says how to escort a bat out of your home. Just trying to see if there's some ways are more dangerous than others. Okay, first, don't panic. Close off the room. Clear a path to the outside. Open available windows or doors that lead outside. Pull away any curtains, screens, or furniture. Don't turn off your indoor lights. You won't be able to see the bat. Yeah, it's it's fine. Don't shut out the lights because you think that they're blind and they can't see if the lights are on. That's not how it works. Keeping tabs on its whereabouts is key. If it won't fly outside on its own, uh, it's time to take matters into your own hands. If the bat won't leave on its own, you'll have to capture it and release it. Have someone keep an eye on the bat's location as you gather the necessary supplies. A long sleeve shirt, long pants, gardening gloves, a broom, a plastic bin, and a piece of cardboard. So they're saying the same thing. All right. Okay. Just don't get bit. And if you do get bit, you don't dick around and go get the vaccine. All right? Anything else? No, it's all of them. Okay. I think I we will have uh, uh, NP um, Mel B is going to be a few weeks from now. I think DNP, no, we'll have PA Lydia next week, I think. Okay. And then DNP Carissa the week after, and then Mel B will be back. So very good. I'm very excited about that. We always enjoy when they're here and they add a little different energy, and it's always fun. We've got good reviews on them. So. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, listen, uh, let's get out of here. I guess I need to read the outro, don't I? You got anything else, Dr. Scott? No, I was just checking oh. everything else. Have we plugged any of your stuff? No. Well, we will. Yeah. We'll go back in time, and we'll do it at the beginning of the show. Cool. How's that? Sounds good. <laughs> if for people who you can figure out what just happened. Um, let's see here. All right. Well, listen, thanks. Always go to Dr. Scott. Kim Chickens and uh, Sean Pedrick, thank you for joining us in the chat room today. Anybody, any of our other regulars? Amy, I, I talk funny to you. I talk talk like a hick to you. Who else is out there? Cardiff Electric. Uh oh. Wait a minute. He's got a question out there. Uh, oh wait, and the Creep Off Channel. Who is? How is that? How are they in here? Mm. It says I love the TV show. 
uh, tonight on T- stuck tonight on TLC. The promise is doctors remove things stuck in bodies, mostly ears and asses. My question is, is there a navage for your ears? I'm obsessed with cleaning my ears. Actually, yes, there is. And I don't remember the name of it. Um, and it's not motorized to you. It's a hand pump. Okay. And uh, just Google ear lavage and you will find it. Let me see if I can find it. Excellent question. You can't ignore our boss, I didn't Dr. See Scott. No, I didn't see it. I swear to Ear lavage kit. I mean, you know he owns our network, right? Okay, mm-hmm. here it is. Uh, it's $18, earwax removal tool by Tillcare. I'll even give the name. Ear irrigation flushing system for adults and kids. And it's got a little bucket that you can collect all the stuff in. It's got some little tips. And then you put the cleaning solution in what looks like a Windex bottle. And then you stick the tip in your ear and just uh, pull the pull the lever. Just don't be too over vigorous. And i got to be honest with you, uh, Mr. Cardiff. Uh, don't clean your ears too often. The wax is there for a reason. And if you clean them too often, what you'll get is dry, flaky skin inside your ear, and that's worse than having earwax in there. The earwax kind of keeps the tissue nice and soft and moist. Fluid. And fluidic. Fluidic. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? What's the worst disease you can catch from not cleaning under your fingernails asking for a friend okay it's listen um you can collect all, and i know exactly what they're asking and i'm just go to uh, dabblers anonymous if you're curious on reddit um but you can collect some disgusting things under your fingernails and then if you're in hygienic i'm sure the friend that you're talking about is very has very good hygiene otherwise but if you're in hygienic and you stick your thumb in your mouth and you suck on it or if uh you pick up your food and then stuff from under your nails gets in there i mean we're talking uh fecal coliforms in other words e coli can be under there you can have saprophytic uh organisms those are organisms that live off of dead things like uh, those are things that break down uh, logs in the woods, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Those are saprophytic organisms. You get an infection with one of those, and you have, you, my friend, will um, have quite the infection. So, so yeah, so clean under your fingernails, cut them. If you can't do it, go get a pedicure. If you can't afford it, which some people who drink a lot of, you know, if they're drinking a lot of Coors Light and not eating and using up all their money on beer, they can't afford a pedicure, then go buy a brush. And and uh, you can, it costs you a dollar at CVS. You can get a nail brush and just brush under your nails. But you got to keep them clean because that the stuff under there, you could culture out some of the most disgusting stuff, even with relatively clean nails. But if you've got filth under there, it's not good. Let's see. What else? Um... I hope the Creep Off channel is still listening. Are you guys still there? Uh, Colin Karn says a fellow named Aqua Chigger that does metal detecting on YouTube got bit by an aggressive rabid beaver. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you see a beaver coming at you, it's rabid. Same thing with a fox, a skunk, too. If they're aggressive, they're, their natural instinct is to run away from you. Um... His wife is a veterinarian and does animal rescue, so he already had a rabies vaccine. Okay, cool. All right. 
Uh, Mr. Cardiff, will you let the um, the creep off channel, whoever was running that, know that we answered their question at the end of the show? All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And thank you for uh, running our network. Um, uh, thanks. Always go to Dr. Scott. Can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, that Gould girl. Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky, Chowdy 1008, Eric Nagel, the Port Charlotte Whore, the Saratoga Skank, the Florida Floozy, Roland Campos, sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, she who owns Pigs and Snake, uh, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Christopher Watkins Double, a.k.a. Steve Tucci, the great Rob Bartlett, Vicks, Nether Fluids, Cardiff Electric, producer Chris, Casey's Wet T-Shirt, Jen from the Jingles Department, Carl's Deviated Septum, the inimitable Vincent Paulino, everybody, uh, Eric Zane, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's daughter, uh, Ron Bennington, and of course our dear departed friends, GVAC and Fez Watley, Barry the Blade, whose support of this show has never gone unappreciated. We miss them. Uh, forever. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel. SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Nuts. Thank you.